everyone. Welcome back to Brutally Honest Books and welcome to the new year. We are kicking off 2024 with a new year, a new month, a new monthly theme. As always, we are keeping the same structure as we had previously. So every month is going to be a book review, an interview, a book review, and then a classics and cocktails to round out the month. And I am so excited for all of the guests that we have coming for 2024. I am really looking forward to that. And as I mentioned, it is obviously a new month. So again, a new monthly theme. And the theme for January, if you didn't see it already on TikTok or on Instagram, is Paranormal January. Now, for some of you, you might hear paranormal and automatically think Halloween and think October, think fall, eerie, spooky, things like horror, but that's really not my intention. My goal was to try and find paranormal books that are eerie and spooky, yes, but less books that you would read around Halloween and more books that are just paranormal, things like ghosts or aliens or things like that. And I know that there is going to be crossover. We can't help it just based on the genre because my attempt at that is pretty specific and pretty niche. And we will see how that unfolds because obviously it is my first time reading these books as well. So we're just going to jump right into this month and again, see how it unfolds. So as you can tell from the title of this episode, the first book review that we are kicking off the month with is episode 13 by Craig Delu or Delui. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but you will see it either on Instagram or in the show notes if you want to see how to spell it. But this book was just published in 2023 and I was seeing a lot of people kind of talking about it, kind of hyping it up. They really enjoyed it. And this specific author has written a lot of other sort of thriller, suspense, and sci-fi books. So as always, we're going to start off the episode going over the plot of the book, the premise of the book, just we're all on the same page and you know what it's about. Then I'm going to get into my likes, dislikes, who this is good for, etc., etc. So the premise of the book is about a ghost hunting reality TV show that is investigating the most haunted house in America called Foundation House. And Foundation House was this center for scientific, and I put that in air quotes, but scientific research in like the 60s and 70s by essentially a bunch of hippies who were looking into all sorts of woo-woo things, I guess you could say. Things like teleportation, mind reading, all of that sort of like psychological things and trying to see if it's possible, you know, having all of these different research subjects who would actually live at Foundation House where they would do all this research and they would do all of these really, really crazy experiments. But one day all of the scientists disappeared and the crew that is actually investigating Foundation House, they do end up interviewing one of the people who was one of the subjects at Foundation House. Now he's much older because it's present day, so he's maybe in his like 60s or so, but they do end up interviewing him before they go to Foundation House to learn a little bit more about what exactly went down before they attempt to take this on for their TV show. And this TV show that they run is called Fade to Black. Now, Fade to Black is actually made up of multiple individuals. I'm not going to give you their full names because it's not really relevant, but the first person is Matt. He's like the host of the show. He has always believed in ghosts his entire life, which is kind of natural for somebody who hosts a ghost hunting reality TV show, but he's always believed in the paranormal. He had like a ghost experience when he was a kid. He is married to Claire and she 
was slash is a scientist, like incredibly smart individual who got her like PhD and something science related. And her role on the show is to try and debunk everything that they find and try and kind of poke holes in it. Then you have their camera guy, Jake, and then you have an ex-cop who actually joined the show. I forget his exact role, but he's just one of the you know ghost hunters along with them. And his name is Kevin. And then last but not least, there is a former actress, I guess current actress, but she's also joined the show and she goes under, I guess you could call it like a stage name on the show, which is Jessica Valenza but her real name is Rashida Brewer. And again, she was an actress just kind of like looking for different gigs and stuff. And this is not her end goal, but it is a stepping stone in her career. To kind of circle back to what I was saying about Matt, how he is a big believer in the paranormal. Claire is not. All of the different characters have their own relationships to you know, ghosts and the paranormal and whether they actually believe or not. So Matt does believe, Claire does not believe. Kevin, the ex-cop, is a big believer. He actually had an experience on the job that led him to becoming an ex-cop. Jake is also a character that I think is like open to it, but doesn't particularly believe in it. He also comes from a very kind of like broken home life situation. And Jessica is also not really a believer. Like she does say like in some of these journal entries, which I'll get to in a second, that all of her reactions on the show are entirely real, whether she's, you know, getting spooked by stuff, screaming or jumping or things like that. But she's also not prone to believing necessarily, but she does find all of this incredibly spooky and eerie. So let's dive a little bit more into the exact structure of the book or the way that it's written. So this is a book that would be described as a found footage book. So it's not structured into formal chapters, first of all. It takes place over the course of a couple days. So those, I wouldn't call them chapters. It's almost like parts of a book where, you know, it'll be segmented into day one, day two, day three. And within those days or chapters or parts of the book, you have this found footage. So it is a mixture of like a transcript of what is being shown on screen or on this like video footage, or it's journal entries from all of the different characters, or it's emails to the studio or to the producers. It's really a mixture of all of these different scraps of found footage, found material, found media that is all compiled together chronologically. So what I'm about to say next is kind of essential, I think, to discussing my thoughts and opinions on the book, but you can still listen to the rest of this episode without the spoiler. So the reason I'm telling you this is because you can go ahead and skip ahead if you don't want to know anything about the book, because again, this is a potential spoiler. So go ahead and skip ahead now if you want to, but you do learn this pretty early on in the book, so I don't think that it's really spoiling it, but essentially you will come to find out that all of this is taking place after the fact. And there's a reason why this is found footage because all of these individuals in Fade to Black and everything that goes down in Foundation House has led to their disappearance, right? Like again, I think that you're already even aware of that by just saying found footage and the story is kind of compiled after the fact, but it's essentially the unfolding of the mystery of what even goes down to this particular film crew at their time at Foundation House. So while my goal was not to find books that I think that people would associate with Halloween or October in general or the fall, this is going to be a book that would actually be an excellent October read. But of course, you can read it at any point because I did find it highly entertaining reading it at like the end of December, beginning of January. 
It is incredibly spooky. And I am somebody who really does love this like found footage type of structure or when it's like all of these different pieces of media put together to tell a story. I think it's very interesting. I like that we get all of the different characters POVs and we are like piecing things together. I really enjoy that. I think that it's very fun and very interesting. And I do think that that lends itself to the entertainment factor for this book. So I do think that this is a really good book if you want to take it on vacation or if you just want to escape a little bit, but you want to do it in a way that is kind of spooky and eerie. Now, that being said, I was expecting this at least initially because of the way that the story is going and it starts off very strong and very suspenseful and again, very spooky, but I was expecting it to be scarier and spookier than I think it ended up being. Now, that's not to say that this is like too subtle on that or too soft on that. Like it is, you know, it is pretty scary. It is pretty suspenseful. Do not get me wrong, but I was expecting maybe a little bit more, but that is very, very personal and very individual to me. So I can't really count that as a mark against it, but I think my biggest dislike for this book is the fact that for me, and I found this to be a common thing amongst a lot of other readers, is that it really fell apart at the end of the book. So even if it wasn't quite as spooky or scary as I thought it might be, it was pretty scary. It came on pretty strong. I was very invested in the story. I'm liking all of this found footage structure. I like all of the different characters' perspectives. There's also not too many characters that you get lost. And I think the premise is really interesting. You know, this scientific research center trying to initiate things like mind reading and teleportation and levitation and all of these kind of like woo-woo things. I think it's incredibly interesting. There's this mystery in the house. The house is very charged with all of this energy. All of the scary, spooky things start unfolding in this house. So, so far, everything is going down a fantastic path for me as a reader. And I think it's just progressively getting better and better and better. Yet there reaches kind of a tipping point when we really get to the end of the novel and essentially the conclusion of the story that has been building. And for me, I was very disappointed, but I am having a very hard time figuring out why I'm disappointed. Normally, I really do take a couple days to really try and sit and think so that I can explain it in these episodes. But for some reason, I am really struggling. But I also found that to be common amongst a lot of other readers who also dislike this ending. For some reason, we are having a pretty difficult time figuring out why exactly that is or being able to just put it into words. I think that I was just expecting something different and I think the ending was somewhat anticlimactic. So I do like the ending for one of the characters and I can't really say who without giving it away, unfortunately, but with one of the characters, I like their ending and one of the characters, I really disliked the ending. And if you are somebody who has read this or you are going to read it and you get around to it, you can feel free to DM me and we can discuss it one-on-one. -on -one. But essentially, the people that I was the most disappointed in for you know the ending and the conclusion are the protagonists. And the protagonists are the most important characters. It's really all of the other characters that I was you know happy with. It kind of made sense for the story that's being told. But I was very unhappy with the ending for our protagonists. Again, I think for me, it just felt anticlimactic. And it kind of felt like the author didn't know how they wanted to end the story. Like they had this amazing idea and they're putting it together and they're writing it and all of these different pieces are unfolding, 
But then when it came to an ending, it kind of feels like the author didn't know how they wanted to end it and just kind of came up with something to just slap on the end to finish the story. And I think that's why I disliked it. Now, that's not to say that that's exactly it. Now, that's not to say that that's how this went down. Maybe the author worked backwards. They always knew that they wanted to end it this way. I have no clue. I can't speak to that. That's just the impression it gave me as the reader and why I disliked the ending. But that being said, it was an entertaining read up to that point. I don't think that it was a waste of my time. It was something that, again, offers a form of escapism, but doing that through like a thriller horror type of book. So it's a good book to bring on vacation or if you want to read something just entertaining before bed, then it definitely fulfills that purpose. But something else that I have also talked about on this podcast is kind of determining where books fall on a scale and the scale being on one side, it's books that are just for entertainment. They are very mass marketed, very consumed by the masses, again, for more entertainment purposes. And then on the other side, you have books that are really saying something very deep, require a lot of thought. They might be very difficult or very heavy. There's a lot to think about and kind of read into those books. And again, I have also said this before that every single book on the scale has value. That's something I've talked about at length. I can talk about it in another episode, but every book has value, right? So just to say that something is mass marketed or mass consumed or just for entertainment purposes does not mean that it is a bad book or not worth people's time and money. Because sometimes you just want something light and entertaining and you want something to escape. Sometimes you want to read something that's going to challenge you or cause you to think or expand your horizons, right? So everything has value. But one of the ways to kind of determine where it falls on that scale is in a multitude of ways, but one of the things being what is being said, right? What is below the just surface level events? Think about the characters and things like that. And this is one that ends up being, to me, again, not invaluable, but kind of a shallow read, if you will. And that's actually fine for this story because it's a ghost hunting reality TV show, like it's spooks, it's haunts, it's ghosts, it's paranormal. I'm not expecting something that's going to like challenge me in that way. Not to say that you can't write that type of novel with that setup, you absolutely can, but I wasn't going into this novel thinking that or expecting that. I think I could already tell since it's like, you know, journal entries, text messages, things like that. That also kind of clued me into it's going to be probably a more entertaining type of read. And it was. But what I felt like the author was trying to do with the ending was then try and cap off this entertaining story with something that they thought was kind of profound. And I did not find it to be profound. So to me, it was that attempt at something that I felt like was not there that was kind of a misfire and a misalignment with the rest of the story. Does that make sense? I feel like they should have just stuck with an ending that played into just the entertaining story that it was set out to be. So when you then try and put this like profound ending on that, which that wasn't the buildup that I felt like we were headed towards, it feels shallow and cheap. And so to me, it just feels like trying too hard. So unfortunately, I did not love that. But again, loved the found footage, loved the multiple characters. I think that, you know, we do get a decent amount of character history and background on them. They're not just super, super stock. Like they are a little bit flat, but they're not stock. I guess that's a way to phrase it. 
You will also read this book very quickly because it is that found footage structure, because it's not just typical lines on a page, because again, maybe it's like transcripts of what you're seeing on a video and things like that, that, you know, a lot of blank spaces that basically eat up a lot of the page. So you will go through this much quicker than you think. The reason that I mentioned that is because it is 433 pages long. So you might think that it is a little too long and a little bit too daunting for you for a book that maybe has a disappointing ending. But like I said, you are going to actually fly through this. It really did not take me long to read. So don't let that put you off in case that is something that is maybe causing a little bit of hesitation. This was also the first time that I had ever read a book by this author. I am a little bit unsure if I'm going to read any other books by this author. I might, I think I want to give this author another chance. I tend to try and give authors like a second chance if I didn't love a work by them initially. So I might try and look up like his most highly rated book that he's ever written, maybe give that a shot and see if this is like a common theme or if it maybe was just this one. And again, at the end of the day, it is a very specific chemistry between reader and writer. So maybe it's just me as a reader and we're just not clicking. And at the same time, I do actually think that this is kind of the perfect read to kick off Paranormal January. Again, it does maybe skew a little bit more towards Halloween and October and fall. It would be a great read for then. But considering the direction that I wanted to take Paranormal January, it does fit pretty perfectly into that theme. So it's a great book to kick it off. Again, it was a fun read. It was entertaining. I don't regret it, but it's just not something that I would maybe recommend to a lot of people, but definitely some people, right? So if you are somebody that you're kind of picking up on some of these things that you might be interested in, or you're at least just interested in finding out for yourself, then definitely give it a read. Again, you can always DM me. I love to talk about books with people one-on-one. -on -one. But on that note, I think I'm going to end the episode here. I know that this was a much shorter review than some of the other episodes. I think that, that just covers all of the bases and kind of just covers everything that you need to know to determine whether you want to spend your time and money on this particular book. But we are not short on content for this month, so definitely stay tuned for next week's episode because we are back with another interview. We actually took off of interviews in December, so I'm very excited to bring those back. And stay tuned for more book reviews that are coming for the rest of the month. And again, the classics and cocktails at the end of the month. That is such a fun way to round out the month, basically where I have you know just a couple drinks and give you a plot summary from start to finish of a classic work of literature. So it's great if you never got around to reading that classic work and now you kind of know what to expect. You know what happens in that work so you never have to read it if you don't want to. Or if you did read this book but maybe you read it in school, you can have just a fun little recap. So definitely stay tuned for those episodes and as always you can also follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books and you can also join the book club if you would like because the book club now lives over on TikTok at Brutally Honest Book Club. It is entirely digital. To join it all you have to do is follow and we do read one book a month that does fall under the monthly theme. So I won't share what exactly we're reading in January that fits into the paranormal theme because if you are interested you can just go over to TikTok and check that out there. But as always, additionally, the biggest way to support me and the podcast is to scroll down to the bottom and give this podcast five stars. That is so immensely appreciated. And on that note, I will talk to you in the next episode. Mm.